So then comes the hard part for all of us as human yeah. beings, and that's actually de dedication to change. Really, mm -hmm. we have to um, start to rewire, and rewiring takes effort. So we have to cultivate new practices to kind of retrain our brain. Welcome to our Aikuku podcast, and today we're going to be recording um, again down at the Beaufort Street Bookstore, so you may hear a little bit of uh, lovely background jazz music or some people coming in and out of the shop. Um, but today we will be chatting with Dr. Talia Steed, who is a GP registrar and a yoga teacher. This episode of the Aikuku podcast is going to be an essential one for those of you that are chasing a business or career pursuit, but are getting stuck in neutral. We are going to try and cover how you can rewire the brain and get yourself out of those thought patterns that might be holding you back. And then we're also going to dive into seeing how you can start using your intuition as a valuable business tool. Alrighty, let's get started. You're listening to the Aikuku Podcast with Alex Shepard. Pilot your potential and take off. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Talia. Hi, Alex. Nice to be here. It's weird to say Dr. Talia. Sure, you can just call me Talia. Um, can you start off, because I know that you do a lot of um, work in the area of mindfulness and having a holistic approach mm, towards mm. medicine. How did you sort of start down that journey? Well, that's a big question. But I guess, you know, like for many of us in our 20s, I went through a phase of being a bit lost and disconnected from, you know, who I really was. Um, and I think, you know, we have so many outside pressures that it's hard to find that in that time of our lives. So things like yoga, mindfulness, intrinsically I was drawn to because that's where you can kind of have a bit of stillness mm. and um, space from all of that outside noise. So that's probably what drew me there. Mm -hmm. And then personally and professionally I've just seen the huge benefits for myself and others in what those kind of pursuits can bring to our lives. Mm. And so you're starting to tie it now into your medical practice as well, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Bringing the two together and creating links for people of the benefits, um, not just for their mental health but for their physical health because there's just so much, like from a physical perspective, that's driven by stress and anxiety and this modern you know, way of living. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It seems like a lot of the chronic diseases and mm, stuff or the mm. modern day chronic diseases they talk about like your diabetes and your stress anxiety depression all of those mm. very much come back to these lifestyle factors or the way that we're living our life um and not i don't think necessarily based solely on how much exercise you're doing or how much or what sort of foods you're mm. eating yes they play a huge part mm. but it's very much that that mindset isn't it and um having the constant Go, go, go. Chatter. Yeah, chatter. Yeah, mental chatter. Yeah. yeah. And so now you're starting to um, dive into, I know you know a lot about intuition and how we can start mm. to tune into that. Um, can you kind of give us a snapshot of like what what is intuition for people that might not sort of be aware of it? Mm. I guess for me, and that's just one perspective, intuition is like our inner voice. It's that inner knowing in our very most um, heart and being mm -hmm. of what is right for us. And I think so often because of what we were just talking about, we can just get distracted by our own mental chatter and then by all the opinions and um, of our family and friends and the mm -hmm. culture around us that we get so lost and we get taken away from what we know is really right for us. Yeah. So really it's about that inner sense of knowing. Mm. Mm. I know for me I sort of would explain intuition um, 
and obviously everyone's going to have their different way of feeling it or experiencing it. Mm. I know it's like this kind of gut instinct Mm. that I get. It's sort of that little subtle Mm. tap on the shoulder of like, oh, this is is probably it. Um, And yet it's hard to kind of tune into it. Um, I suppose I wonder, is it okay for us to, well, how much should we rely on intuition? And are we maybe not (laughs) relying on it enough? Yes, (laughs) I think our intuition is everything. I think when we go with our what we were saying before with our mind, Mm. which is often driven by our ego, we Mm. often go in the direction that we want to go or we think we should go or that we're determined to get to, but it might not be what's actually right for us and what's our true path. And for me in my life anyway, I've found that when I've gone where I thought I should go and wanted to go in relationships or career, it just leads to suffering. Mm. So by... And in my intuition, I always knew that those weren't the right paths, right? But I didn't mm. listen. Okay. So you get more and more suffering. But when you stop and tune into what's really inside and go with that, life's so much easier. Yeah. You know, the whole universe conspires to, to propel you forward in the direction of your dreams. Mm. And I think that's the difference, whether you want that ongoing suffering and coming up against obstacles yeah. or that flow. So do, how do we kind of... Because I think a lot of us do, and it might be just part of that learning process, mm. that it's not until later, mm-hmm. after the whole event, and we go, oh, I knew all along. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't I just do what I knew I should have been doing? Yeah. So how? what are some techniques or things that we can do to try and um, sort of follow that right pathway mm. from the start instead mm. of going through the whole thing and going, oh, bummer? <laughs> mm. um, I think it all comes down to space and getting enough um, gaps in between the moments of our busy lives to kind of tune into that intuition in, to actually hear what, what it's saying. Um, so for me, I feel that the path to, to cultivate that is through meditation mm-hmm. and many people find meditation like, oh my God, that's impossible. But that's why things like yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, any form of movement where you're starting mm-hmm. to activate you know, that bind, mind-body connection Um, can kind of be the path towards meditation, towards creating space in our lives, slowing things down enough to be able to hear what our intuition is trying to tell us. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, that's just sent so many thoughts into my brain just then. (laughs) Okay, take a moment. Um, I was sort of speaking, (laughs) sorry, I was speaking on a previous podcast with um, Lauren Howe from the Little Wellness Co. And she was um, sort of talking about those patterns that we start to develop Mm -hmm. in our mind Mm -hmm. and then um, we start to play them out automatically Mm -hmm. and and kind of that, that we can become hardwired to be doing a certain thing or acting a certain way. Mm. How... Is it possible to reprogram that wiring? Because, like, obviously, when you know, high school, your twenties, you can get to the point, you know, you're in your thirties and go, "Wow, I'm automatically responding yeah, in a certain way." Day. Yeah, you're going around the same. I've been with the, the same kind of person in relationships. Yeah. I've done the same thing in jobs. I'm going around in circles. Yeah. yeah, and you can get to that point through doing what you were saying, finding, um, quieting down, getting space. You can start to identify it, but how do you rewire it? So then comes the hard part for all of us as human yeah. beings, and that's actually 
making um, like dedicated de- dedication to change. Really, mm. we have to um, start to rewire, and rewiring takes effort. So we have to cultivate new practices to kind of retrain our brain. So mm. that's daily habits. That's not like you know, as a as a doctor. I often see people that want a quick fix and it's no quick fix. It's daily effort in every aspect of our being, our thinking, our behaviours, our daily choices, and it's forever. Yeah. So it has to be like a, a realistic um, and achievable process for us. Mm. But it is effort. Yeah, it takes time to rebuild mm. a habit. Mm. What if it's something like, um, oh, this is going to be such a massive question, I know it's probably going to be quite hard to answer um but in terms of that automatic response with stress Mm. um so a stimulus comes at you and maybe let's say for instance someone's um snaps you're a snappy kind of person Mm. you're like I don't want to be a snappy kind of person Mm. I want to be an approachable person Mm. so what 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 do you do then to replace those moments or to um you know, when it's an emotional thing, how do you mm. make that a new mm. habit? Because I know a lot of time a new habit could be trying to um, not eat as much sugar. Mm. So you're quitting that habit of eating sugar mm. all the time, eating dessert after a meal. You know that when you finish eating that dinner, you're not going to have the sweet. But when it comes to an emotional thing, like an emotional response, mm. do you have any of, is there any practices that we can do to? So again, that comes down to the mindfulness and the meditation because that allows us to start to learn to observe Mm. everything our thinking Uh. so we can sit back and watch what 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 are we thinking about so meditation is not about emptying the mind it's about starting to pay attention to what's going on in the mind so we learn to Mm. watch our thoughts we learn to watch our automatic emotional reactions our behaviors and then that creates space. So then when something happens, when someone gets angry at us or reacts, we can stop and we can feel it, you know, bubbling inside yeah. how we want to reactively respond. But we can go, hang on, we can use our mind and go, do I want to go down that track that I know where that will lead? If I react, it's just going to turn into a big, like, argument. Or do I want to respond differently? So we can still feel the emotion. Yeah, We're, we're emotive beings, but it's learning how to... Um, slow things down so that we can respond with choice. Yeah. Okay. So that then makes we can sense. make the right decision mm. not to keep repeating those patterns, not to keep getting angry, not to keep getting anxious, not mm. to keep getting depressed. We, we create space. Yeah. And then actively make a decision. Mm. Like actively not Making having sweets, you actively yeah. don't. Um, snap. And that's how we rewire the brain. Yeah. So we actively can make the choices in our lives. Yes, I'm feeling down. I don't want to do anything. I'm just on the couch, watch TV. Mm. Hang on. I actually know where this will lead. I'm going to phone a friend. Let's go out. And the mm. energy shifts. So it's being aware of, of all those things. Right. Are there any um, physical things or anything that's going on in Western or traditional medicine at, at the moment besides doing sort of yoga or meditation that can help with that? I mean, sort of maybe hypnosis or... Uh, um, I don't know, is there anything, like acupuncture or something like that that can help with rewiring? Um, I think all of those things are beneficial and I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all individual human beings. So whatever resonates, you know, for you might not resonate for me and it's about just going Mm. on that path of discovery of where can I find, um, you know, the right tools to help me on that journey. 
it's going to be very different. But yeah, hypnosis, um, acupuncture, tai chi, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I've had patients say to me, I'm not interested in yoga, but I love, you know, tai chi. I love that. Um, Movement. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, just experiment then. Mm. I know that some people listening will probably be like, um, and I know I, I sort of did it when I started doing a lot of meditation and started to tune into what was happening. And then my list of like, oh, I know what's happening there. I'm going to change that. <laughs> Next minute I've got a whole list of things that I'm trying That's to change. So it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Do we just pick one or two things and just focus on that for, a, you know, a few months, mm. just not to overwhelm or? Yeah, I think it is about breaking things down because, like, if you look back five years ago at all the things like you or I have gone through with just – all the things we had to do, we just kind of like put our head in the sands and like, I don't want to move. Yeah. So it is about bringing it down to the day. Yep. Like what? what's one thing that I could do differently today? Um, what's one goal for this week? What's my intention for this month? You know, like really mm. achievable things because otherwise it's too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's a really, I like what you said then, your, what's your intention for mm. the month? Like mm. kind of, you know, with yoga practice, you, you mm. set it's all your intention. intentions. Yeah. So you, you could be doing one at the start of it each month and, and make anything, that a process exactly. possibly. Anything that works for you. Yeah. I mean, some people want to do an intention for the week or an intention for the day. Or yeah. It's whatever, but it's, um, it is a good place to start. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I kind of want to sort of still using what we've been talking about, um, but relating it to somebody who might be in a situation where they want to make a change mm. and they can – the way that I visualize it is they've got barriers up in front of them mm. and they can see where they want to go over there. They're like, that, that's maybe that's their vocation. Mm. That's what they're made to do. Mm. Um, but they can't seem to get over though to get there because all they their brain wants to do is focus on the barriers in front of them or the challenges. Mm. And, and that's sort of like a practical thing, um, you know, in your day-to-day life you're going to have these little things that get in the way. How can we start to clear those things out to, to focus on your vocation? Do you have any mm. thoughts about that? I think it's, um, you know, realistically with anything really great or amazing, it takes, you know, overcoming certain obstacles. And I think, again, like we were saying before, if we were to see everything we ha- would have to do for the next mm. 10 years to get to where we want to get uh, we wouldn't want to do it. No. So it is all about what I just said, like breaking it small down, steps. small steps. If this is the ultimate goal, what can I do now that it's that's a step towards that? Mm. You know, one little thing at a time because then it's so much more achievable and it's not this big mountain to climb. It's just, okay, so I need to do this resume. Let's just focus our attention right. on this resume. Okay, so I need to make contact with, you know, three new people that are interested in, where I want to go or I need a mentor or I need whatever and if it's your right path you'd be surprised how the universe delivers these things to you that's so true mm. yeah which comes back to what we were saying before about going with what's really in your heart and if it is you know something that um, seems like so far off but something that you're really called cool to do the obstacles will fade away and it will be part of your journey to overcome them to, and this is a key point to realize that those things that are hard that you've got to do on the way are actually shaping you to become the person that can fulfill that dream. Ah, do you see what I mean? so true. Because I know even for me in my own journey, all the hardships to get to here and then to get to where I want to get to eventually with the whole wellness centre, all of those little 
um, obstacles, which were really hard to get through, like all of mm. us, um, I needed to go through those to build up um, who I am to be that person who will run that centre. Yeah, and who will fill that role. Yes. So that's uh. a path that I think we you know, even in myself, I'm only recently, oh, okay, yes, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And it helps you because it realises that maybe there's aspects of your being that aren't quite aligned with that vision and you need to kind of, you know, as we we're talking about at the beginning, let go of the conditioned perspectives of everyone around us, our own ego stuff, and then become the person who's ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, that concept of actually just letting go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you had the poem that you read out the yeah, other day. It was like just let go. Yeah, yeah and, and instead of being so um, caught up and focused on the barriers, just mm. just let go mm. and just get through them. And, it, and just I suppose it will be a little bit of a and challenge. Re- but you can just how we see them. Yeah. So okay. instead of like barriers or, or whatever, yes, it's a challenge. What's my next challenge? Yeah. So it's like it's not. It's not like a um, awful thing. It's rather just like a okay. This is going to help me develop, you know, the strength yeah. of character to get through that. To then move on. It's an actionable personal development thing, mm. isn't it? Mm. It's, it's a Stepping tool. It could stones. be, yeah. Mm. Actually, yeah. And if we look at it as being a gift mm. in a way mm. that the universe has given us like that gift to mm. try and develop our mm. skills. Yeah, I like that. And it can feel very. Um, uncomfortable kind of at the start yes, because much. if you're going to get it's easy to <laughs> not comfortable. S- no it's very easy to sit in the um in the known and what you've always mm. done so would it be fair then to say do things that make you feel uncomfortable of course we've got to yeah. i mean otherwise if we really want greatness and to fulfill our dreams and be who we're meant to be in the higher version of ourselves mm. we've got to do the things that scare us because um it's all about overcoming our fears um and I guess how I always kind of think about things is, you know, the reality is that life ends in death and we don't want to get to the end of our lives not having fulfilled what we were meant to come to this earth to do. Mm. Um, so why why let the fears hold us back? We're all going to have them as human beings, mm. but if we can identify what they are, acknowledge it for just fear, which is you know just something in our minds, um, then we can move forward. Yeah. Do you think you get used to being in fear or in unknown? I think you you get used to managing those feelings and then that becomes the not like you get through something and you're like, oh, I'll so fearful of that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> then and then it's okay, and then you realise actually you can you can do it. Yeah. You know? Actually something that I've just started doing is um, thinking about that feeling I get afterwards because I know when I like before it would be you know walking into a new and I've spoken about this before on another podcast walking into a room of people that you don't know Mm. um it's an event that you always you want to go to and you're going to do it for yourself because that's something that's going to really interest you but Mm. you're fearful of heading there and and trying to mingle with new people Mm. but afterwards you feel amazing. You feel yeah. like exhilarated. Yeah. And so now I focus on those feelings. Mm. I mean, even before when I used to do um, some stage presentation stuff, mm. it would be before you're getting all the jitters and got to get on stage. <laughs> um, and if you sort of thought about, if you kept your mind in that first state of being fear, fear, mm. fear, it puts up a big barrier. But I think now if I think of the after feeling, that's what I want. And so you start to kind of crave that that Mm. reward I think just on that um my yoga teacher kind of taught us a very valuable tool with the whole fear thing Mm. and this is Tamara at Tamara Tamara yoga and Mm. she 
said that it's all it's all about reframing it because fear and um, excitement in the body kind of feel the same. Yes. Right? Yeah. Heart racing, get a bit sweaty. But if we start to see it as like, oh, I'm actually quite excited about this, um, it's really helpful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just by switching that. Yeah. Like I'm actually excited about the stage performance or, yeah. you know, I'm excited about meeting a whole bunch of new people. Yeah, it's putting a new word in there, isn't mm. it? Oh, that's that's powerful. That's huge. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you, yeah. Very good. Thanks, Tamara. Got to be using that one. <laughs> Put that in my toolbox. Um, great. I want to sort of move a little bit towards the mindset. Then, I mean, we've been we have been talking a lot about the mind, but I hear people refer to this growth mindset, mm. and I think some people might be born with that potentially, but. Can we build a growth mindset? If we think that right now our minds are, tend to be the one that is shut off or sticks to what's comfortable, is it possible to build a growth mindset? I think definitely, you know, but it's choice. What yeah. we were saying before, if we want to go down the path of least resistance, the comfortable path, are we going to grow? Mm. No. No. We're going to stagnate, but how are we going to feel? Dissatisfied? Um, whatever um, but if we want to grow we can but, and that's a choice for us to cultivate by doing all the things we've been speaking about oh that just made that so simple you just say yes I want to have a growth mindset and just yeah it's your choice start yeah it's a choice duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down the duh, growth mindset way. <laughs> I like that so um with your the practice and stuff that you've done, um, how much do you see this link between, um, you know, when the anxiety and then the physical response to that? So I know like a lot of the gut patients that I see, mm. um, there it tends to be that big link towards mm. stress. So if mm. they're getting a lot of indigestion and, um, they, you know, constipation or IBS symptoms, mm there also seems to be a close link with being really, really stressed. Mm. Um, and then again, the same for the people that are not getting good sleep. Mm. Um, you know, if you've been at the office and you're working really hard and your brain's been going all day, you need to be able to come home, get a good quality sleep, reset so that the next day you're optimised. Mm. How how important have you – or how important is it to be um, – I suppose, or what's the link that you the see connection. between, yeah. It's huge. It's absolutely monumental and a big connection. I guess what you're saying with the gut stuff, which is a whole other talk in itself, yeah. is how can our system rest and digest, so be digesting our food, mm. if we are in sympathetic overdrive. So in our nervous system there's the parasympathetic, rest and digest, and sympathetic, fight or flight, mm -hmm. run, activate. So when we are in, and a lot of us in this current world, are in this constant high fight or flight kind of, you know, mm. baseline, it's quite high. So how can we digest our food? Because whatever you put into your mouth is going to a system that's a bit activated. Yeah. So then the key is to work on activating the parasympathetic part of the nervous system to be able to digest the food to be able to go to sleep, to rest, to digest. Mm. Have you seen a big link between meditation prior to eating? Because I have heard of a few people that um, sort of talk about this in as a their practice, that they um, 
do either some slow breathing before mm. they eat or they have that period of um, even med- full meditation just before eating a meal. Do, have you seen or have you tried that before or have seen that happen? Not specifically or? with patients. I haven't, um, but I really do believe in that idea. Mm. Um, I just haven't had specific patients going down that path. Yeah. But um, very valuable because of what we've just talked about. Yeah. Because if you're activating, you know, if you're doing some of that before you eat, you're priming the parasympathetic nervous system, mm. then you'll be able to tolerate your food better. Mm. Mm. That's, yeah. I think I might, like if you're if you're so stressed, you're very um, tight, aren't you? Mm. And, and then mm. your digestion system's all super, super tight as well and it's mm. just not, yeah. Do you have any um, recommendations then for people on how to get a good quality sleep so that they actually are resting and recovering so they can either optimise in physical performance the next day or um, in their mental performance? I think sleep's one of those things like if we are going busy, busy, busy all day Mm. and in that sympathetic kind of state and then expect our body to just drop into sleep at the end of the day, it's not going to happen, right? Um, our body's still very hyper aroused Mm. and if we're especially if we're doing things like checking our phone using technology um, just before bed which a lot of us are doing Mm. then our brain is being stimulated by all these um, all this stuff Stuff. that's just not helpful so we've got to be thinking about our sleep not just before bed but throughout our whole day and that's through doing these things that we spoke about having Mm. a bit more space and stillness in our day slowing things down, taking breaks, putting ourselves first, um, looking at caffeine, looking at, you know, when are we exercising, um, energy drinks, all this stuff, technology, and just putting in things throughout the day so that our system's at a lower level so that it can go into Mm. sleep. Great. That's, Mm. yeah, so I... That's fantastic because you're basically saying it's it's the process leading up mm, to it throughout mm. the whole day instead of um, a lot of people think they can just mm. race throughout the day and half an hour before bed, bed and then, then go, I'm going <laughs> to just give me five seconds and then I'll be out. It doesn't happen. happen. It? Mm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, em- an empath. Mm. So uh, you actually brought this concept to my mind when we met last time mm. um, and Basically, the start of maybe explaining to the listeners what is an empath, or in a snapshot. So, again, what do we mean by that? Topic, <laughs> but I guess we were talking about sensitive people in this mm-hmm. world, and I was telling you about um, the spectrum. So mm-hmm. we have, you know, empathy is one thing where you know a friend might tell you something and you feel really bad for them and you you empathise with them, mm-hmm. and then as you move down the spectrum, you've got highly sensitive people, and highly sensitive people you know, feel things more, um, they need more time to process things, they might be sensitive to external stimuli like light, noise, um, anything like that, other people's emotions. But then further down the spectrum you've got what's um, called an empath and they can physically absorb into their being the emotions or physical symptoms or um, any of that and also often empaths are quite intuitive so they might have like intuitive dreams or premonitions or any of that kind of stuff as well so it's a lot more of a spiritual level as opposed to the highly sensitive person so yeah does that make sense yeah, of the okay. spectrum of things yeah. yeah so if um someone is a, a either a highly sensitive person or an empath mm. um 
And I think there's probably more of us out there than we realise because yeah. it's not really it's, – yeah. I've never heard of the concept. Yeah. Um, I just thought I was an emotional person. <laughs> and I think a lot of other um, people probably do as well. Yeah. Um, and it can be very liberating to understand that it's actually yeah. – yeah. And you were saying that it can be really powerful once yeah. you you work out what it is and how to use it. And value it. Yeah. Value sensitivity as a gift yeah. rather than um, a conditioned kind of perspective that, oh, you need to toughen up kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think one of the challenges that a lot of those people, um, including myself, would be feeling is when you're um, having somebody who's very stressed or anxious in front of you, mm. either an interaction that you're having um, with a client or a colleague mm. um, or a friend or a family member or a partner, mm. um, that you it they can suck out of you. You might mm. be in a good state, but they can suck you into being their mm. stressed and anxious state. Mm. Is there any tools that we can use to be able to kind of keep in our own space? So I think you can look at it from a few different perspectives. The first thing is getting so solid and strong in ourselves and who we are so we can start to discern what's our energy and what's someone else's. So everything's about energy. And if you have enough of space in your life through whatever practices, you can go, I'm actually in really good energy. And then if you start to notice that, go, you can feel it, but this Mm -hmm. actually isn't me. The moment I step away from it, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. So then there is, you know, the process of not putting your stuff onto the feelings that you might feel. So if you start to feel anxious or if you start to feel really down or sad, understanding that actually that might not be yours and not putting uh, all your emotional, mental baggage that onto that those feelings. Right. So being able to have the feelings and go, okay, this is there, and then walk away from it and letting it go rather mm. than bringing in all your own stuff. Yeah. Which is is very tricky because sometimes we don't know if it's our stuff or someone else's. But the more we can develop that strength of self um, through these other practices, then we can um, discern what's ours and what's not ours. Right. Yeah. So would that mean actually um, stopping sort of questioning why, why, why am I feeling that way or was I feeling okay or what's the cause of this feeling? It's more about, say, you know, you're at the pharmacy mm-hmm. and you're feeling great and, you know, you've had a great morning and everything's going well and then you meet this meet this client and they're really depressed and then you go home feeling like really flat, okay? Mm. And if you weren't aware of this concept, you might feel like, oh, I'm so flat and then like come home and have a fight with your boyfriend and just it would just escalate, mm. right? And then go into your own story of stuff. Mm. Find something yeah. in your story to link to these feelings of being flat. Through this knowledge, you can you can realise, wow, I was fine. This isn't my stuff. This, yeah. These feelings, it's almost like I've caught these feelings. These feelings have been projected into me um, or I've, you know, absorbed them. Mm. I, can, I can notice that and then let it go. Mm. And instead of bringing in our mind with all our stuff, do you see what I mean? Yeah, totally. So it's really learning to be aware. It's really learning to understand the concept and then how to manage being a sensitive person. Right. So that's one side of it. The other side is there's some very practical things we can do to help us. Okay. Do you want me to Yeah, please. I'm like, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) So these are things like um, grounding, being in nature, planting our feet on the floor, um, having Epsom salt baths, using sesame oil. All these things are very grounding practices that can help us, you know, be 
stronger in our barrier of picking up other people's stuff. Even that doTERRA, the doTERRA essential oil, oil. they've um, got that grounding one. Herbal essences, Mm. all these things are very valuable. Right. And and sensitive people tend to um, respond more to them because Uh, of their sensitivity. sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some people say, oh, yeah, all that stuff, it's like nonsense, it doesn't, doesn't work. Well, no, maybe it doesn't work for them because they're not that sensitive. Do you see what I mean? Right. That's, but people yeah. who it's going to work for, actually, they respond hugely. Yeah. I, I definitely have had those experiences, yeah. Yeah. And so then, it, yeah, that's sort of where it comes. That's a whole other topic of not yeah. judging yeah, or yeah, not yeah, other people. Other being like, well, uh, you don't understand it because you don't feel it. So exactly. It's, it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely feel like the sort of the, the society that we're living at the moment, it, it is this, um, you know, stress and anxiety is contagious mm, uh, mm. very much that mm. everyone's bouncing off each other. Um, do you think there's a way of being able to, if you're feeling pretty pretty happy, pretty good or grounded and somebody else comes to you and they're feeling really stressed. Is there any way of being able to bring them to them? your level? Yeah, bring them to your level. So maybe teaching them some of the things that, you know, we've just discussed. So, for instance, if I've got a patient who's coming in really distressed and, um, you know, uncontainable and emotional, you know, it's like, okay, just breathe. Getting them to focus. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we need to just stop talking and just show people how to breathe some people don't know how to like abdominally breathe which is activating the relaxation response they're just breathing they're hyperventilating which is making them more anxious putting both feet on the floor grounding showing them the way to just um get through the acute panic so that they can then get back into their you know frontal Mm. lobes their functional brain rather than the primitive you know limbic system Right. Mm. That could be so, um, so, such a powerful tool to use for mm. anybody who has, mm. like, even a business and has a client. And, you know, you're that person that truly cares about your client. You want the best for them, regardless of what business or profession you're mm. in. Um, to be able to first get grounding mm. so that then any interchange of information that happens during that consult or that meeting or whatever. Mm is actually of value and can be heard it can be heard because when you're in that um amygdala limbic uh, you know fight or flight state you're not you can't think mm. you're in your primitive brain so you need to come down to be able to have some kind of productive interaction mm. yeah that's fabulous now i have one more question for okay. you and then we can <laughs> wind things up um now our podcast all seems to be around yes. a lot of optimization optimizing different elements of your life if there was one thing that people could do to better optimize their mind Mm. what would that one thing be i think space slow things down it's a choice whether we you know buy into our culture it's a conditioned way of thinking to just run 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 that's our choice being busy is not something to be proud of Mm. slowing things down creating space in our lives we can choose to do that every day and let go of that mentality. That's up to yeah. us. Mm. I like that what you just said then about being busy. It's not something to be proud of. It's, that has been been cultivated, mm. hasn't it? That mm. it's if you're not busy, you're not you're not achieving. Mm. But that's wrong. Mm. And when people say to me, "Oh, you're so busy doing all this," I'm like. No, my life's quite peaceful and quiet. Yeah, you're like, I'm just really <laughs> Because there's enjoying. space. There's mm. space, you know, you're not over-scheduling, not running around, 
you know, having time to enjoy the journey. Where are we rushing to? As we said before, you know, there's one destination for all of us. Yeah. What are we so busy <laughs> yeah, trying to get, get to? Exactly. Yeah. We want to enjoy the ride. Yeah. I love that. Find some space. Yeah. Oh, thank you That's so great. much for chatting with us today. I've loved this. That was Dr. Talia Steed. Thank you so much to Dr. Talia for chatting with us. I've got to say, after doing that interview, my mind was completely abuzz. I had to go for a little run to shake all of those thoughts off. Um, fabulous thoughts that I was having, so many ideas and things that were buzzing through my mind. Um, so if anybody would like to connect with Dr. Talia Steed, you can do so through her Instagram page, which is at Dr. Talia Steed. We'll also have links to her um, website and her Instagram through our show notes. Uh, again, don't forget to check out our show notes, which will have the highlights of everything that we did speak about today in this chat, as well as our giveaways. Again, we still have that book giveaway for you. So um, please do subscribe to iCuckoo or leave a review for our podcast to go in the draw. That will be drawn at the end of October uh, 2018, in case there's anyone listening to this in the um, far future. We'd love to be stay connected with all of you via Instagram page as well, which is at ikuku underscore oz. Uh, and today I am going to leave you with another quote. This time it is by uh, Sarah Silverman. She says, if you live in the past, that's depression. And if you live in the future, that's anxiety. So you have no choice but to live in the present. Alrighty. Have a fabulous week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the iCuckoo podcast at iCuckoo.com.au.